This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. from studio 6b 8 p.m on the east coast glad you're in lots to do on a friday night a busy friday night i think they could have come back at eight o'clock 8 30 <laughs> nine o'clock 9 30 now nah, we'll come back at 10 so well we're going to take you from now till then uh slick rick's going to do some sports paul nolan will do some news rick delgado's here as well mr nolan i'll start with you how are you I am terrific, sir. I am uh, waiting with bated breath to see how uh, they get this World Economic Forum puppet in there. Um, <laughs> it's just we're just watching another Rick job. No, don't start us on the Paul. Don't start us on the wrong what? foot here. Yeah, oh, hold on. on. You know what I keep thinking here. of? You ever seen the movie Cinderella Man? Yeah. No. Have I you seen it? Saw, no. Have you with, seen uh, it? With, uh, is, is that James Russell Crowe? Yeah, Russell Gross, yeah. James Braddock, the uh, fighter. Yep. Yeah. And Paul Giamatti's his trainer. And they go to the split decision. And he goes, the longer they take, it means the harder they're screwing someone. <laughs> and that's how I feel like every time. Well, let's we'll talk about where we think we are. Because um, we're to the point now where we have to start to um, appreciate what has happened here. We all, me, number one, has, has not been happy with how we got here. I think we probably blew a chance to have a, a speaker that we all probably wanted. But given where the movement today and what I have listened to, and I've listened to as many radio interviews, video interviews, TV interviews, I've tried to read as much as possible on, uh, because I got 4,000 emails today about everybody caving, caving, caving. And instead of looking at it as caving, I tried to look at it as what did they get? You know, when Scott Perry comes out, who's the leader of the Freedom Caucus, and says, when you ask for things and you get the win, take the win, or something to that effect, right. I want to start to know what we have here. When Anna Paulina, all of a sudden, Luna from Florida, all of a sudden changes her vote in 24 hours and now is sticking with it, she comes out on Twitter and, and says, well, for you, all you wondering, here's what's on the table. When I hear Chip Roy do a half-hour radio interview tonight with Mark Levin and says, Mark, this is transformational. It's time to start looking at, um, you know, what's on the table here. And what's on the table, as far as I can tell, um, is transformational, given how the House has been run and given what's going to, um, what it's going to look like now. Even if McCarthy closes the deal out tonight. The leash he's going to be on is going to be shorter than any leash we can remember in our history in the House. And uh, the power that the, the Freedom Caucus is going to have, three seats they're going to have on this rules committee on how the House is going to be run, is my understanding. He, McCarthy only wanted to give up two. I believe they now have three. To 
Think about voting on all 12 spending bills for a change. Yes, that's huge. Instead of Democrats and Republicans just passing like they just did in the lame duck session, thanks to Mitch McConnell, who is the bigger problem in all of this, by the way. Uh, Passing omnibus bills that no one knows what the hell's in it, and it's packed with earmarks and, and, uh, you know, hiding all their special interest friends and all the special interest money. Well, how about we vote on all 12? How about we don't raise the debt ceiling? There's a lot of things here to start to turn the corner and start looking at what, what truly we have here in this deal. So we'll get into some of that tonight. I got some great clips here to listen to from Thomas Massey on where he is. And uh, throughout these four days, there's been a lot of people who, uh, and I, if you were on my morning stream this morning, and man, it was so much fun. Not, not for all the right reasons, because obviously this thing, obviously, I woke up this morning and, and the title of my stream was, Can the 20 Become 40? Because that's where my head was at today. Today's the, it's like moving day at the Masters, right? That's how I, today's moving day. The 20 has to become 30 or 40, and then become 60, and then become 80. And then the president can come in and, and say, Kevin, we've been there with you for three days. Now it's time to step aside. Now the 20 has grown to 100. And uh, Jim Jordan could say, Kevin, so that's where my head was at this morning. That's what I wanted to see. And uh, I know people over the last couple of days, I've caught all kinds of flack about things I've said about this performance of the people who were in charge, or at least were chosen to be out in the public eye for the 20, and what I thought of their performance and what they were doing. And the 20 was able to turn 20 into 7 this morning, is the bottom line through their genius plan to communicate. So, what it, See, and I'm coming at it from the other angle. And what's that? Is that they got what they wanted in Absolutely. writing. Absolutely. I'm, no, I'm with you that, on that. That's why they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm a yes if we can get this. I'm a yes if we can get this, this, and this. And not only that. Right, but those for, are the people who have changed. Right. There's still seven who are still right. playing 4D chess, right. you know. because they still want more. Um, I don't know if they've got the, did they, were they able to get the change that one member can yes. move to vacate? Yes, they did. Did they get it in writing? They've had that, I think, for two days. Did they get it in writing, though? Because that's, that's the bigger thing that I'm hearing this afternoon was a lot of this stuff he was saying yes to, but it wasn't in writing. So he could turn around and be like, yes, no, I'll give you what you want. Just, just get me in. And then all of a sudden he could turn around and, you know, give him the old, uh, the old uh, caboose. You know, you know what I mean? Um, but now that he's got in writing and they really, really hamstring him where he can't make him because one person can get him ousted. He's, he's on a extremely sure. He might as well just have, you know, uh, 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 Rosie Greer with a white guy stuck to his head. Remember that old movie? Uh, the thing with two heads, because he's not going to be able to do anything without somebody from the conservative base really really being on top of them and that's that's how he's getting these people to flip because they're like all right i think you know i think i can go there now all right so let's let's just get right to a couple things here so anna paulina luna came out with this uh if you can by the way Corey and, and fran holding it down tonight Corey's sitting in geo's got the night off and Corey's under uh his first time here on the big board Corey holding it down Corey is um not new to Real America's Voice, but new to the big board for uh, Live from Studio 6B, and he's already thinking, what the hell have I gotten myself <laughs> into with these four guys? So I'm going to ask Corey for some things tonight that Gio obviously does second nature. And so, so, Corey, if you can get the screen up, 
Uh, let's go over Anna Paulina. Thank you. So here's, here's what she says. For those wondering, and of course, I think what she means by that is because she was probably getting inundated with people saying, you're caving, you're caving, you're caving. Uh, here are so, here's what's in play. Jeffersonian motion to vacate the chair, what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. This allows a single person to make the motion to remove the speaker if he goes back on his word or on policy agenda. Number two, a church-style, this is huge. That's big. A church-style committee. This allows us to look into the weaponization of organizations like the FBI against the American people. Whoa. Just raise your hand if you're not for that. Raise your hand if you're, <laughs> if, if you're in the, okay, they just caved and I don't care about anything else. Uh, term limit votes. I mean, again, this is going to be more for show because that's going to require a constitutional amendment, which is not going to happen. Uh, single subject bills. Huge. That cannot be loaded with irrelevant nonsense. Exactly. Yes. Like $1.8 trillion omnibus bill, thanks to Mitch McConnell. Uh, a Texas border plan. I heard Chip Roy talk about this tonight. A budget that stops an increase in the debt ceiling and holds the Senate accountable. Ending emergency funding and all COVID mandates and funding. 72 hours to read a bill. Oh, how novel. 4,900 pages, 72 mm-hmm. hours. That would take me six months to read. Yeah, but they're, they're, before that, though, they've cut it down, so you, you, they can't make those bills anymore. Oh, nice. So, Eric Erickson tonight. Right, Chip the Roy. Single, uh, the single-issue uh, bills, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Chip Roy, like the leader he is, held firm and just scored an amazingly transformative deal on how the House will operate. Many of those who are criticizing him have, as predicted, now marveled at how good the deal is. Thanks, Chip. Daniel Horowitz tonight. If the agreement really is implemented, if it means we can bring bills like repeal of the Patriot Act and repeal of the PrEP Act to the floor, even though leadership is embarrassed by it, and force votes they don't want to take. This model needs to be replicated in legislatures. Uh, a couple others tonight. Well, Don Bacon we're not going to get to because he's the totally opposite end of the world. He's what we're trying to avoid with this party. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Massey tonight. Maybe um, uh, am I actually feeding you the audio, which would help? No, of course not. Now I am. Uh, let's listen to Thomas Massey here. You straight to Capitol Hill, where Bob Costa is standing by with Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Bob? Hey, thanks for joining us again here at, outside the House of Representatives. I'm here with Congressman Massey of Kentucky. You are a conservative, someone who throughout the years has at times been described as a hardliner, someone who takes a hard line with the leadership. But you've supported McCarthy in this process. I've heard through the grapevine, sometimes you've done it with muted enthusiasm, but you've done it. Why? Well, what I learned when we fought Boehner three times and eventually won and then ended up with Paul Ryan is if you change the person, you haven't really changed the play this place, way this place works. And what these uh, 14 who just switched their votes have accomplished is they got some solid reforms to the way this place works. And uh, I'm almost uh, regretting that I wasn't with them. But I, at first I misunderstood what they were trying to do. I thought they were trying to just throw out one guy to get Shocker. another guy. No, they really wanted reforms and they've got them. 
So let's go over the, what the deal is for the layperson who's following all this, who's not Very an insider, honest. who's not a member of Congress. It seems like one, they got changes to the rules. So conservatives have more say over how the floor operates. They have changes to committee assignments, more conservative members on key committees like appropriations, like the steering committee. And it seems like the third bucket here is commitments on fiscal policy, on how the House GOP will take certain lines on things like the debt limit and the budget. Right. Is that right? Is that how you see the contours of the deal? That, those are the contours of the deal. And not just trying to preordain the outcome, but how that that whole process is going to work. They'll, the freshmen who haven't even been sworn in yet are going to find out that under these new rules uh, and these new ways of doing business, they'll have the ability to offer amendments to cut spending. You know, you know, one month after they get their pen, they'll be on the floor legislating the way this place was supposed to work. So you have been through so many battles here at the Capitol as a Republican, as a member of the House. What are, what's your advice to the remaining holdouts? Get on board or are you staying out of it? Well, they each have their own reasons. I know, but what, what's yeah. your, what should they do? Come on. My, my advice is take the win. Take the win. Uh, you, you know, lock in what you've got. You've got some major changes to this institution. Things that I failed to accomplish in all of my fights with Boehner and Paul Ryan, these folks have got. And I, I'd like to see the other six or seven come on board. Uh, and I, I think some of them eventually will. We are in a wait and see moment here at the U.S. Capitol, just steps from the House of Representatives. Congress. All right, so there you go. So I know everybody is focused on they cave, they cave, they cave. I'll never, I'm going to switch parties. I've heard all of it today. No one wants to focus on the win. And it seemingly is a win. Do you agree? For the most part, yeah. I mean, there's probably there's probably those other holdouts that are waiting for one more thing that they would consider a win, but we'll see. Paul, we'll see at ten. No, I I don't I don't know I I don't want to be a you know I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but you know just I, I just assume it's more DCBS and just a matter of time before everything goes back to normal. We'll talk about it on the other side. Right, let's take a break. We'll get back to that. 13 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Good to be with you. Glad you're in part of the show. Lots to talk about. We'll get into, um, obviously, the other news of the day, the uh, two-year anniversary of July 6th. Um, we'll get to that. Oh, um, oh no, that's uh, that's what the president calls it. I'm sorry. Uh, some of us call it January 6th, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so we'll get into some of that and what a vicious, disgusting liar he is still to this day about it. We'll get into some of that, those stories. Uh, we'll continue to follow, obviously, leading up to the 10 o'clock vote tonight on what's going to happen. We'll see if there's any more movement. 
but right now, let's do some sports. And here with sports, so I think has also some good news in sports today, is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. Rick Emirati, how are you? And don't forget, tonight we got odds makers coming up at the end of the show. Eight games on the line. Big oh, that's right. Big, big, big going into the NFL Ooh. last weekend Ooh. of the season, regular season. Can't oh, wait. Oh, man. I think I'm up. I think I'm up 10. Uh, that's on yeah, Mr. Nolan. You're 10, flat yes. with me. I'm, I'm flat oh, with you. I gotta, so I got to make some bets Get this Get some weekend, bets, huh? Paul. Put them in early. All, right. All yeah. right. Let's go to the rodeo. Big D, the rodeo's back. Took a little break during the holidays. Back in action. We're going to go to Texas. Odessa, Texas. The Sand Hills Stock Show and Rodeo from January 5th through the 14th. Nice long rodeo. Good payout over a quarter million dollars. And here we go. Bareback riding leader, round one. Gavin French, 74 points on Butler and Sun Rodeos. Fearless. Steer wrestling. First round leader, Cody Harmon, 4.6 seconds. Good score there. Saddle Bronc rider, uh, Leon Fountain, 81 points on Butler and Sun Rodeo's Rendezvous. Uh, tie down roping, we have Bryson Seacrest, 8.1 <laughs> seconds. Not Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. <laughs> Barrel racing, Britney Spora, not Britney Spears. 14.32 tenths of a second. Not bad there. Great score, actually. Bull riding, Jesse Hopper, 80 points on Butler and Sun Rodeo's South Point Slammer. Again, 241213 rodeo payout. We'll have a full breakdown on Monday of that rodeo. And I believe Pro Bull Riders is riding into Madison Square Garden this weekend. So we'll also have a full recap on that, but not till Monday All night. Right, show. Slick Rick, I have to interrupt you. Yes, I just got, a, just got a disturbing text to my phone from somebody. Do you remember when I told you my friend who's an umpire? Yes. Uh, Jimmy Reynolds? Yes. Jimmy, do you remember last I, week we talked about it. Yes. And you remember I said, um, I unfortunately know his sister as well. And you remember what I said she was responsible for? Yeah, hit you in the eye. With That's a correct. That's correct. My uh, my eye here, my vision. I'm, I'm hearing she's currently at my parents' house watching the show with my parents. <laughs> oh, boy. So I just want to let you know that I'll be sending you a bill for not only my original cataract surgery, but my detached retina as well. She's responsible for that too? Yes. Wow. She's responsible for all of that. And wow. she's responsible for a hard hit to the head, which could explain a lot of other things that go on in this show. How right. could they let her into the house? <laughs> I don't know. I, that's oh. a good question. So she's watching Eyewitness News That's tonight with question. Damon. <laughs> so let me say congratulations to the Reynolds that I like, which is Jimmy Reynolds, <laughs> on his retirement and being a fine Major League umpire for many, many years, uh, as he was a fine baseball player when we were growing up. And he would never throw a ball at somebody who wasn't looking. So <laughs> congratulations to Jimmy. Well, Poor maybe girl. this girl thought you had the motor skills to actually catch a ball. <laughs> She didn't know that you were a big giant clutch, maybe. <laughs> he was probably ranting at the third baseman. Yeah. He wasn't looking, you know. So. Here we go. All right, what else is going on well, in sports? We were right. You said earlier we have some good news, and uh, that's on Bills. DeMar Hamlin is speaking with team after breathing tube is removed. Buffalo says in major health update from earlier today. This is Paulina Dadaj of Fox News reporting. The positive news regarding DeMar Hamlin's health condition continued on Friday with the Buffalo Bills announcing that his breathing tube was removed overnight, and he was finally able to speak with his team and the medical staff providing his care. The Bills provided another major update on Hamlin after he suffered a cardiac arrest during Monday night's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Per the physicians at UCMC, DeMar's breathing tube was removed overnight. He continues to progress remarkably in his recovery, the statement posted on Twitter read. His neurological <coughs> function remains intact, and he has been able to talk to his family and care team. The Bills also confirmed reports that Hamlin joined the team meeting on Friday morning via FaceTime and shared an important message where he said, love you boys, and needless to say, it was in a dry eye in that, that locker room, according to Coach Sean McDermott. So 
Just absolutely great story. He's doing much better, and uh, he can't wait to get back with the team. And a couple other, a couple other stories go around that. Um, uh, all 32 teams in his honor will wear a number three on their jersey this uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the games, uh, just to honor him and, and recognize him. And he's the fanatics who sells a lot of football jerseys. The number one selling jersey right now is the DeMar Hamlin Buffalo Bills jersey. And the CEO of Fanatics says they're going to donate the proceeds uh, to the family because they don't feel comfortable taking money from that. He's also asked, they've also asked the NFL to put the money as well towards the family as, again, they don't want to profit on that jersey. So really just great news. And another unfortunate situation for the Bills, boy, they've had some week. Their longtime radio announcer, John Murphy, suffered a stroke over the oh, weekend, no. I 67 saw years old. Ugh. Oh, he's terrific. Yeah, he's been with them since 2004. Boy, yeah, long time announcer. Fantastic. Yeah, and, he's, uh, he's great, man. Yeah, he's his usually with Steve Tasker. Great. Yeah. Yeah, his calls are great. Oh, man. Yeah, so he had a stroke, um, but uh, he is recovering, and they do yeah. hope to get him back with the team. And, uh, wow, it's just been one thing after the other for the Bills Mafia and the Bills family. So uh, we wish them well. I tell you, they might be my second team this year pulling for them to have a, have a good turnout. I wouldn't yeah, mind I... them getting to the Super Bowl, you know. Um, so just, just crazy. So And, uh, you know, Big D, that's a wrap in sports for now. Some other stories coming up a little bit later, but uh, I'm going to turn it back to you. And don't forget, odds makers coming up. Slick Rick, did you hear that, uh, that the Bills Mafia and the Bills fan base and now uh, um, they're, they're coming up with uh, another charity for the like they're, they're like reciprocating the love by doing a backing one of the Bengals charities. It's really kind of a lot of cool stuff going Incredible. on. I'll find it in the break. I'll, I'll send it to you. Incredible. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, his, right. his charity raised over almost eight million dollars. Big D as of Friday. The charity five hundred was yeah. the goal. Uh, yeah. You know what? Nick, it's just so happy that boy's got his. Uh, yeah. You know, his his cognitive uh, function's fine, and they're saying his lungs are improving, too. Yep. So, I'm, boy, what, what, uh, just, uh, what a story. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's a story uh, of so humanity. It's a story of a lot of things. A story of emergency personnel that we honor every night on this show and the pressure mm -hmm. they felt and the position they were in to act like they did on that field and the professionals that have taken it from there. And um, I, I did happen to see, not to change the whole tone of it, but it, it, it has to be discussed. I did see Dr. Peter McCullough was very concerned that the briefing from the doctors at the hospital, that there was clearly no talk about um, an original dosage of what vaccine he took, what the, when the booster, what the, what the booster was. No, no talk about what the EKG showed. No talk about he had a list of about nine, ten things that right. he was extremely concerned about and a, somewhat dismayed that the doctors at Cincinnati, uh, whatever medical there, University uh, Medical Center, yeah, yeah, did not make part of their and he and he didn't also like their body language. So hmm. uh, that's worth keeping an eye on too. But as we've discussed, I would love the truth about that. If we got the truth about that, we you know if we ever got the truth about that, we would be looking at. A calamity on you know I mean every every the NFL would be looking at something, well I, you know and that's what they deserve to be looking at because they 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 made them all take it yeah and you know, and you know what if the, I could I'm sorry go, go ahead Rick. Paul no please Rick please you all right um I got this from Hawknub uh, on Getter uh, geeted me today and, and posed this question which which I hadn't even thought about it so posed this question to Slick Rick Hamlet's teammates saw firsthand what happened. They know if he was vaxxed. Kneeling, watching the CPR f probably freaked them out and being told to keep their mouths shut. Listen. How hard do you think they're going to play knowing that th they could be next? How, how is it going to be? Uh, how is it going to affect the sport? I'm sure the players all have friends and families expressing this concern. Me and Paul well, talked about... Big, 
Go yeah. ahead, Paul. Go ahead. I was going to say there's a big uh, – there's a lot of uh, people saying there are players seriously and concerned. They know that this is not the – they see what's going on around the world. They see it. They're not stupid. Nope. You know, yeah. go through an NFL playbook. Try to learn that playbook. You're not dumb if you can read an NFL playbook. I'm telling you flat out. Um, these guys, and let's be honest, who's least the least the majority of the NFL are black kids and who the least trusting of government, right? The black community trusts the government the least, according to a lot of the polls we've read and shared on this thing. They're not dumb. They know what's going on. They're just not allowed to talk. And this, if this happened here and it was vax related, you know, we know it's going to happen again. And when it happens again, that's when we're going to have yeah. a big problem. And that's where right. that's where we're going to see the, the, the groundswell. That's where we'll see, we'll be a little less desensitized. Right. So I got some stories. We'll talk about it later. In, but, uh, and let's remember J.J. Watt. Yeah. Let's remember J.J. Watt. Yep. He's retiring. And he had to be shocked back into a rhythm before he played about four or five weeks ago, which is why he's retiring. Yep. All right, live from Studio 6B, more to do. We're back right after this. from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's here. Corey and Fran holding it down. We're going to do um, news with Paul Nolan here in just one second. So uh, a couple things as we continue to monitor, obviously, everything as we're getting closer to uh, 10 o'clock. Jenna Ellis said, sources are now telling me the 10 p.m. vote is likely going to see a consensus and McCarthy elected. Bottom line, though, with this rules package, the 20 have achieved a historic accountability oversight and check on leadership and the speaker's power. I would consider this a total win for Gates and company, the MAGA movement, and therefore America. Declare victory and let's get to work. Um, and we were, I was talking in the break, if that's true, and he doesn't get it because the number, the, um, the denominator comes down, It'll be interesting to see of the remaining, I believe, six, which um, we've got Andy Biggs of Arizona, Gates of Florida, Bobert of Colorado, Rosendale of Montana, Good of Virginia, and I believe Eli Crane of Arizona, because Harris, I believe, Harris flipped in the last, in the last one, I believe Harris flipped. So it's down to six. Um, so if he doesn't get it through absentee voting or people not there i wonder which one of the bigs gates bobert rosendale and crane because he's going to need what's he at 214 uh yeah 214 was the last time so how he gets to 218 he needs four he needs four of those six um now i did put up i did have a um on our getter, of course, you'd think I'd have it prepared, but no, I don't. So let me make, <laughs> let me get it now. Well, things are moving fast here, so it's don't beat yourself up, kid. Uh, here it is. We could throw this up, Cor, whenever you get it. Uh, this is from Eric Watson. Gates tells reporters he's happy about the framework deal and suggests he could make deal with McCarthy now. We're still negotiating on spending and on the rules, and we'll see how it goes tonight. So that was about four o'clock this afternoon. Now, did you hear anything about um, McCarthy? Uh, I don't know if he was summoned, but making a trip to Mar-a-Lago last night. That's what I heard after they wrapped. 
Uh, I did not hear that. Um, but I, I'd probably be the worst person to ask because I'm out of the loop most of the time. I live in our little live from Studio 6 beat bubble, and I don't really talk to anybody outside the show. So I wouldn't have heard from anyone. Dude, you don't even talk if to that, us. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> no, if that was the case. Again, I woke up this morning really with the idea of how does the 20 become 60? Right. Because I thought today would be moving day. As a matter of fact, when I started the stream that many of you joined me on this morning, and again, I want to thank everybody because um, it was a lot of fun this morning. Because we didn't know which way it was going to go. Was, was there going to be any movement? Which way? I, I did not bet that the movement would be towards McCarthy. I honestly didn't. Yeah. I thought the 20 would find a way to become 40. 40 would become, you know, 50. And then all of a sudden you get little, you know, the water starts spurting through the dam. And then you make a move to either bring the former president in to say, you know, if he won't go on his own. That's really where my mind was at this morning. Um. But obviously, when the 20 became 7, it was clear that this was moving in the opposite direction of, the mo- of where I thought it was going to move. Right. Well, it says here Andy Biggs is committed to holding his ground as of 624 today. Mm-hmm. He's holding the line. He's not going to participate in continuation of the uniparty, he says. Well, let's go. Let's, what does the audience, who does the audience think? How does he get this done tonight if, if the word on the street is that he gets it done? Is it because you've got um, absentee? Uh, absentees or of Biggs, Gates, Bobert, Rosendale, Good, and Crane, who are the four? Or maybe it's easier to say who are the two or more? Or you think he won't get it and he's going to have to wait to cut some deal with the Democrats. I mean, Gates's tweet would make you think that he's now all of a sudden at least open to it. Right. Because he was over there on making, I mean, he clearly told Laura Ingram last night that no matter what he gave him, he wasn't voting for him. Right. Doesn't matter what it was. And then she said, well, then it is personal. And he said, no, it's not. And she said, well, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> well, I mean, how can you say no if he gives you everything you asked for? You make a list. You go, here's my demands. Okay. You got all of them. Well, no, I'm not voting for you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's. I don't know. That's that's a hard one I to also, make. You would think. I also want a new Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Volvo, the Volvo's over the line. What, what about a 2028 draft pick? Um, <laughs> so let's see what let's am let's I, am yeah. I, am I speaker. <laughs> Hope he does not get it tonight. Okay. Um, only needs 216 since the Democrats won't show up. Somebody said. Okay. Lazy, good for nothing. Real maggot and signed by McCarthy. Democrats won't show up. Guys, St- I got. I got great news. It's breaking. Okay, go ahead, Paul. John Bolton is going to definitely run in 2024. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All Very right. Good. So we can have someone else who polls like skim milk. Great. Like Kamala did. Uh, Love Meg well, says fat. Democrats won't show up. Jerry, Jerry Pia says Steve Bannon just posted the deal is not written. Okay, that's what you asked. Yeah. Well, that's what they were saying. They were saying that uh, McCarthy is, is willing to put things down on paper. Maybe it's not written yet. Maybe they haven't seen the final, uh, the final draft. Maybe that's what Bannon's referring to. I don't know. But it's, you know. Okay. All right, we'll continue to, um, we'll continue to track your thoughts here tonight, and then we'll track what we can see. But in the meantime, let's do some other news besides the fact that John Paul like, can, can you explain? I mean, what makes a person think, oh, man, people, they'd be loving me. I'm going to be running for president here. What, what makes a guy like that think that he could poll more than 1%? It, 
if even that. He, he don't care. He just wants to be in the news. He wants to sell another yeah. book, another tell-all. Yeah. This, you know, he, he's such a neocon scam. He's just CIA. He's written all over him. He's just, he's just a big <laughs> mouthpiece for the propaganda machine. Yeah. Him and I his stupid mustache. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah. Little, oh yeah. <laughs> I met him so at CPAC. <laughs> Did he get his mustache on you? Uh, no, I don't think so. He's just a street sweeper. I think he came over to the booth. I think he was walking by himself. And I think I said, oh, I think I know that guy. <laughs> I, I do. I so, so he was looking for somebody to talk to. Yeah. And he wants to run for president. Think and, about that. And one. guess who he ended up with? Me. You. <laughs> Pretty much. So you're going you to vote for him? Did you pat him on top of the head? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do some news here with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? He threw a ball. Hey, I wanted to shout out to Equine Doc. I had a couple stories queued up, but Equine Doc just sent me this. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the uh, support, the follow, and the share. Um, this is from the Las Vegas Review Journal. A desert oasis high school student who died after suffering a medical emergency during a football game, was remembered Friday for the love of the sport. Sophomore Ashari Hughes, she's 16, collapsed around 7.30 p.m. Thursday at home after a high school game against uh, Valley High. Um, she was hospitalized and died later that night. Her parents, Entrada and Twain Hughes, described her as a passionate, loving, determined girl. She, she loved music, dancing, and being all around the people she loved. Uh, she called football the real love of her life. And, um, you know, uh, it's uh, the girls tried to perform CPR on the field. Um, and this is uh, is today. The, uh, the nurse who was there on the scene said today was the first time ever in my 26 years of nursing. I had to do CPR on a kid. She could not be reached for comment after her post. And the person named Adelphia Pfeiffer Hill was licensed uh, with the Nevada State Board of Nursing as a registered nurse. And, uh, you know, she was on the scene. So. Um, um, I, I just wanted to like pass this on because this is just, you know, more of the same. We cannot give this big pharmaceutical companies a pass, even though they're mainstream media as we have to talk about this here. The fact that we're giving the bills and the NFL a little bit of a pass right now is because we want to make sure we get real information before we say anything, put our foot in our mouth. Is that fair to say, boys? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. 100%. Um, CNN, this is from Justin News, wrestles with declining ratings. Are you guys shocked by this? Uh, very much so. I thought so. Uh, and staff layoffs, polling data suggests that many of the network's woes may stem from its perceived liberal bias. Yeah, really perceived. Roughly 54% of CNN viewers indicate that the frequency in which they view the network had declined, according to McLaughlin Group. Um, it was conducted on behalf of the Media Research Center. Roughly 30.5% indicated viewing habits remained unchanged, while 135 indicated they had begun to watch the network more often. Uh, conducted from de December 9th to the 14th, the poll A served 1,000 voters. Um, uh, respondents uh, were presented with this statement. One of the reasons I find myself watching CNN less often is because of its left-wing liberal bias, which 61% uh, of the respondents agreed. Uh, of those self-identified conservatives, un unsurprisingly endorsed the statement in spades, while roughly 52% of moderates and liberals did so. So um, we can see the, the deterioration uh, you know, of CNN and from everything, you know, everything from the uh, the grandstanding to the lunatics to, you know, the, yeah, you know, the, the virtue signaling. It's uh, not a shock by by anybody's standards to see them crumbling. So, uh, how much time do we have? 
Uh, we still got three and a half minutes if you have other news. Yeah, I just, I'll hit this one quick then. Biden finally acknowledges canceling Keystone XL pipeline costs jobs billions in potential revenue. Can you believe that? He finally admitted it. That's fun. He whispered uh, it. Yeah, he quickly. mumbled it. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, the Biden administration has acknowledged in a congressionally mandated report having to having ended the federal permit process for the Keystone XL pipeline, essentially ending the project, cost Americans tens of thousands of jobs in the U.S. economy, potentially billions. President Biden ended the permit uh, for the XL pipeline, part of a larger transcontinental Keystone crude oil pipeline almost immediately after taking office. Energy Department in late December 22 finalized the congressional report, which stated that the Keystone XL project would have created 16,000 to 59,000 jobs. It would have positively impacted the economy by 3.4 billion to 9.6 billion, citing various studies. It's quite the uh, range there, but uh, I'm sure the economy could use a little of that uh, that influx and maybe I I, I, I contended it. Uh, affects the economy greater than that because I don't think they factor in every single human being on in America, you know, paying four bucks a gallon as opposed to two seventy-five. That seventy-five to a hundred dollars a month everybody's losing, you know, is the difference between, you know, eating what you want for the month and or spending it on a night out. You know, it, it, this high gas prices immediate, high fuel, high energy costs immediately uh ravage the poor first, the lower middle class second, and everybody else after that. So um yeah, I guess we can leave it there. I'll, I have other stories later, but let's leave it there for now. Uh, speaking of the economy and things like that, there's one clip, Corey, if we have time. I think we have time. We do have time, and that would be cut six, if you can pull that up. This was this morning's unemployment numbers, which, again, is um, uh, we want we wanted to, you know, it's we're living in this world where good is bad and bad is good. And if you have uh, cut six, let's roll that. 3.5% on the unemployment rate, 3.5%. That equals the best levels we've seen post-COVID. Historically, unbelievably good. And of course, if you're looking at the Fed, maybe it's unbelievably bad. And that twisted relationship we now have due to the Fed raising rates, trying to slow down the economy. If we look at average hourly earnings, up three-tenths of 1%. Half of last month's up six tenths, which actually now becomes only up four tenths. And if we look at year over year, up 4.6, up 4.6, that's a new low watermark going all the way back to August of 21 when it was 4.3. And if we look at uh, the average work week, 34.3, which usurps 34.4 in the rearview mirror. That was the lowest level since April of 2020. So these are very important numbers to pay attention to as we continue to see deterioration on the work week. Yeah, uh, but the unemployment rate is not, um, unfortunately, as we live in this world where good is bad and bad is good, and he wants to see more unemployment to get inflation down. More sports and news coming up. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B. We'll get into the January 6th stuff at the top of the hour. Talk about the president today, who is a repulsive liar. Uh, just absolutely disgusting. Uh, so we'll get into some of that. Uh, we'll get into some other news on COVID. We'll get into some, some Supreme Court news that a lot of you have asked me to keep track of, and I have been doing that. 
Uh, we'll get into some of those cases, the cases that the court has in front of them. Uh, we'll also get to an interesting, another take on January 6th that happened today um, with the judge that's overseeing most of these cases. And what does that mean? So we'll get into some of that. But right now, let's do some sports. Sports brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Use our code LFS6B at checkout for 10 to 60% off. So, Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, a report, former Brown star Peyton Hillis in critical condition after saving his kids from drowning. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. Peyton Hillis, the former Cleveland Brown star running back who landed on the cover of the Madden 12 EA Sports video game, is reportedly unconscious and in critical condition after saving his children from da- drowning in Florida. Details on what happened and how Hillis was injured are unknown, but his children are in good condition. Greg Hillis Peyton's uncle posted an update on his nephew's condition uh, yesterday afternoon. I just want to let everyone know on Razorback Nation that Peyton is doing better. He wrote he's still in the intensive care and having some problems with his kidneys and lungs, but the doctors say he is improving. I just wanted to head off any rumors that may be started. I'm sure he would want everyone to know that he appreciates all of the prayers being uh, thrown up on his behalf. Hillis' uh, best NFL season came as a member of the Browns in 2010 when he ran for 1177 yards and 11 touchdowns. He also caught 61 passes for 477 yards and another two touchdowns. Uh, those performances prompted fans to vote him on the cover of the Madden 12 edition that year. Uh, Hillis played seven seasons in the NFL, totaled 2,832 rushing yards, 23 Ts, and caught 334 passes for 1,050 yards and three TDs. So I, I updated the story a little bit a couple hours ago. Apparently, uh, they were in Florida, and um, the kids had fell in the water. It was two children, his two kids, and two adults, and he jumped in the water to get them. The, some of them had life jackets. Some of them didn't. He got them into the boat, and then somebody said there was a fifth person. He jumped in the water again and found that indeed there was not a fifth person uh, and then therefore uh, he ended up with getting water in his lungs fortunately they were able to pull him out of the water there was a nearby jet skier that was able to intervene and then uh, of course there was some uh, rescue people that came as well on a boat so thankfully you know he is in the hospital in ICU but just another sad story so wait uh, I just because I was going to ask you I didn't know you were going to get to that part so he went into the water to save the kids yeah got the kids on the boat got back on the boat then he went back in the water. Apparently, there was two adults that were also having trouble getting. Why did out of he the have water. problems the second time that he didn't have when he went in for the well, kids? Was it he got them out, but then they, he went back in uh, to see for? They said there was a fifth person, and indeed there wasn't. He kept looking and looking, and I guess he got tired and you know took on some water, and then that's when he ran into problems Ugh. looking for that fifth person. I guess there was a lot of confusion. You know how it gets. You don't know how many people yeah, are on the, the seas, boat. And, you know, you lose yeah. track of where you are quickly. Absolutely. So uh, I'm sure there'll be more coming out on that, but just terrible. Yeah, and he's a big guy yeah so it'd be tough for for regular people to try and pull him up yes no question so he's in icu but uh, hopefully he'll be okay uh and then shifting gears vince mcmahon officially returns to wwe board of directors this is zach wasink of yard barker majority owner vince mcmahon is officially once again with world wrestling entertainment per josh nation of um wrestling observer figure four line uh uh, an sec filing shared friday shows that mcmahon is back on the wwe board of directors less than 24 hours after reports said the 77 year old wished to return to the company pursue it to pursue its sale and also so he could be involved in the organization's upcoming media rights negotiations today we announced that the founder of wwe vince mcmahon will be returning to the board chairwoman and ceo stephanie mcmahon obviously his daughter co-ceo nick khan and chief content officer paul triple h levescu uh, in the official we statement we also welcome back michelle wilson and george barris to our board of directors anyway long story short they have a big tv negotiation contract that's coming up for 2024 so mcmahon's obviously getting in it's a business decision but we know Vince McMahon one of the biggest names in 
wrestling history. He's back in, but he did have a, a bit of a, a scandal uh, with some allegations of sexual misconduct and some big payouts utilizing company funds to make those make those pay payouts. And it got a little sticky there, Big D. That's why he was asked to step down. Yeah. Uh, we reported on that last year. Um, so that's and, and I guess what enough in. time has passed that they think it's safe to bring him back and people will forget, or is, is that is that basically how it works? I don't think so. I mean, this went on over the summer, so I mean, I, it was back in July when this originally occurred. So I don't think so. But you know, listen, the WWE has a market value of roughly five billion with a B dollars, so a lot of money at stake. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm not sure why he can't make some of those suggestions from afar with his daughter running the company. But you know, mm -hmm. far be it from me. I don't and, know. The and you said they're looking to sell. Is that it? Uh, that's what they said. Yeah, pending uh -huh. pending negotiations. Negotiations for sale, and go. I guess well, obviously it'll have more value if they get that big TV contract that they're right. looking for. And so. he's he's probably the one who's going to close it. I'm sure. I'm sure they want big Vince in the room. Anyway, that's a wrap in sports. Big D. All right, Slick Rick. Thanks very much. A um, couple things I want to get to. Uh, Pierre Corey, Dr. Corey, put out a um, tweet tonight. The 16th positive, statistically significant, controlled trial that finds ivermectin. Highly effective in preventing COVID-19. I have been trying to tell the U.S. and the world about this for two years. And he links to an article in Trial Site News. Randomized clinical trial. Ivermectin reduces 72% COVID-19 infection in this new study. Ivermectin administered for 28 days demonstrated acceptable safety and tolerability without any unexpected safety signals. The, I guess it's pronounced SAIVE or SAVE, S-A-I-V-E, SAVE study was conducted to support MDC-TTG program whose objective is to provide prevention of COVID-19 infection for weeks or months with a single injection of a long-acting uh, formulation of ivermectin based on MedinCell's proprietary technology, MedinCell is a pharmaceutical technology company that develops a portfolio of long-acting injectable products in various therapeutic areas. By combining its pri uh, proprietary technology with active ingredients, also known and marketed. U.S. FDA approval for the first product using technology for patents uh, for schizophrenia. So the rest of this reads kind of like a press release. But this is a, um, just another randomized clinical trial showing prophylactically what Dr. Corey told us when he was in front of Congress two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. I believe we played that, that congressional hearing on the show. No one knew who Dr. Corey was at that point. And I'll never forget it because he looked at those people, Ron Johnson and others, and said, I'm telling you, if you take this, you will not get sick with COVID. And of course, we all know what happened from there. That was not too far away, if I remember how early on in the process it was, from 15 days to slow the spread that that, that, that hearing took place. <sighs> it was not too long after that. And um, I'll link to this. Let me, re I mean, let me retweet it right now, and then I'll put it on Getter. This study, but just another one, 72%. Uh, this, this is the 16th one of these. So again, uh, the, the more time that goes by, the more that the, um, you know, you're really starting to see a change. Yeah, you're starting to see the science come out. The, the data. Actual it, science, yeah. yeah. And actual real data. Right. Of real. Oh, you know, how long, did, how long did we hear? 
well, if it's not randomized and it's not controlled, and, you know, they found every adjective to put on it that if it wasn't that, it wasn't real, you know, early on. We couldn't take any of it seriously because I'm the science. I'm science. We're science here. You listen to us. Yeah. And if you remember on Twitter, all the COVID uh, fear-mongering during, during the peak there, uh, this story from Revolver.News, the so-called doctors that whipped everybody into a fear frenzy, their tweets getting tens and thousands of engagements dailies, uh, engagement daily. The doctors pose as ER physicians, were part of an LB, LGBTQ community in some way, created this hellish uh, apocalyptic scenario that made it sound that bodies were piling up in the street. Well, uh, last month, uh, turns out uh, these doctors were fake. Two fake doctors whose accounts urged extreme caution about uh, COVID-19 were part of a network of at least four fake accounts that touted their ties to the LGBTQ uh, community, vocally advocated for mask wearing and social distancing and distal criticism to those who felt they were not taking the pandemic seriously. Fake doctors on Twitter. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> All right, hour two coming Me. up. Live from Studio 6B <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Hour two live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Glad you're a part of the show as always. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's here. Paul Nolan's going to do some more news. Mr. Nolan has another appointment to get to, so he's going to be leaving us after this segment. But he's here for uh, opening of Hour 2 on a Friday night. Uh, Lots to get to here in Hour 2. Let's start with... Cut three, Corey, if you can pull that up and get that ready, because I want to talk a little bit about, obviously, today um, being the two-year anniversary of January 6th, and Joe Biden being quite the disgusting liar that he is, continues to lie uh, about it. He continues to spread disgusting lies about um, what went on that day, and it's quite outrageous, quite frankly. And all of this coming uh, at the two-year mark, as we now have... A report from, issued by Jim Jordan and four others talking about how politicized the Capitol Police were because of Nancy Pelosi. Um, how much she did to keep people in the dark. How much she knew at the time. And then we also have this John Solomon interview with Stephen Sund, who used to be the chief of police for the Capitol Police. Who, those of you who are sharing my video today on all social media, I appreciate it. It has almost a thousand shares. It should have a million, uh, especially on this day. Because what we now know is that people like Stephen Sund, my opinion, purposely were kept in the dark because of the intelligence that was floating around. Mark Milley and such knew about it, were having internal discussions about it. And then we're keeping 
uh, chief's son in the dark about it. And he was getting reports saying well, there's a low probability of any social um, you know, discord for that day. Your guys don't need to be armed. They don't need to be carrying anything to be appropriately armed to deal with any kind of um, violence for the day. And then as the day unfolds, he has to wait eight hours to get approval for the National Guard, which President Trump told us he requested even before the day. We find out about all this intelligence that Officer Sun tells John Solomon that he then finds out later on was floating around that people like Pelosi knew about. People like Milley knew about. They discussed it. And it never got to him. Well, why is that? Why is it that it never got to him? Why is it that it was so politicized? Why is it that Pelosi kept people in the dark about meetings and about things that were going on? And why is it that everybody involved at the top of this story has Trump derangement syndrome on overload at the time and still does and always did? And Biden gets out there today talking about this day and talking about how many people died that day. And he lies about it. And this officer who died, but not from what happened that day, he had a stroke, I believe, is the yeah. official, right? Yeah, the next day at home. Yes. Brian Sitnick. Gets, gets this award today from Biden. And Biden's talking about how many people died. Now, more people died in Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal than died on January 6th. More people have died at the, because of our border policies than died on January 6th. More people have died from fentanyl because of January 6th. More people died in the summer of 2020 all over this country as BLM was rioting all over and burning cities down than did on January 6th. But he is, as he always has been, an angry, vicious liar. And he proved it once again today. And today is one of those days, putting aside what's going on in D.C., is that you really get to see the, the polar opposite dichotomy of the two parties. Democrats in perfect unison spew all this nonsense about the day, about the nature of January 6th, about what it was, all of it false, all of it now up against more and more mounting evidence that it's false. And what do the Republicans do except for, except for a few? They're weak enough to either stay away from it or they agree with the narrative that the Democrats, that the Democrats um, push. push. Yeah. Even with everything we know now. And then I, st- so well, you guys can jump in. I mean, that's, yeah. what, that's my feel. I mean, I'm not, I didn't spend a lot. I was watching more of the speaker stuff. But Biden today's, not that he's not every day, but it's just a disgrace. The way he lies about it. And then I see this story today. Federal judge overseeing January 6th cases announces retirement. No interest in presiding over a thousand more cases. And this is, uh, who is this from today? This is in the blaze. Oh, so there's the changing of the guard. They know that there's going to be uh, uh, new people looking into this. The, uh, you know, the, the fake January 6th committee, they've attempted to lock up all the evidence that they have. Lock it up under lock and key so you can't find out and see what they have. Uh, hopefully all that stuff gets exposed. Uh, but he's running for the hills, this guy. He's like, all right, I'm done. 
Judge go. Thomas Hogan, one of the main D.C. district judges overseeing the J6 cases, announced in a conference call with defense attorneys that he is suddenly retiring. <laughs> he further said that there are a thousand additional cases coming down the pipeline from the Department of Justice. And by the way, as they point out here, thanks to McConnell giving the department more funding. You know, I have, and I'm just, I'm just going off on a tangent here because I'm thinking about this. I have never seen McConnell get the kind of heat in what I'm seeing in all of everything that's incoming to me through emails, texts, uh, messages, getters, Twitters. Uh, I have never seen McConnell take anything resembling the sort of comments I'm seeing about McCarthy. Well, maybe that's, uh, you know what, and I was thinking about that earlier, believe it or not, that, that same incident, because somebody else brought it up. I think it was Tina for Texas in the chat. She, she, she kind of cobbled them all together, McCarthy, McConnell, and McDaniel, right? We're all McScrewed because of all these three. But the reason, I, it could be, maybe that's why he didn't want, it, want the Senate. He's in far the GOP and away the hands. leader. Right, but maybe that's why he didn't want the GOP to have the Senate, because then... The same vitriol that he's seeing aimed at McCarthy, he knew that there were going to be uh, oh, he's conservatives, so much worse. conservatives, you know, kind of pointing that at him. And maybe he wouldn't be able to get the votes that he needed. You know, he went ahead and made sure he secured his votes way before he needed to. Right. And then you look at McCarthy. It's like it's like and we saw this with Pelosi. She never took anything to the floor unless she had the votes. This dope. That was his role. That was her role. Right. This dope McCarthy can't even get that part right. You don't bring anything to the floor if you want it to pass unless you have the votes. It just proves he just doesn't have the gumption for the job. I don't know if he's, he's just not smart enough for it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand how the, 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 you're supposed to do it. Um, and this guy's going to end up third in line if he does get the votes to the presidency. He's so not just a closer. Yeah, I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but it just it – just, Makes me chuckle that McConnell didn't have to even sniff a person even saying anything to him. In the lame duck session, he ushers through the Democrats uh, everything they want, and he goes right back into leadership. Not a word. Not a word. If there's one person who should have had to take incoming for their position, it should have been him. Uh, so this judge has no interest in presiding over them for another four to five years, he's decided. This is quite the revelation for the two-year anniversary of the event that now appears to be more of an FBI provocation and Capitol Police misfiring on crowd control than in any kind of insurrection. Certainly not a planned one. And oh, don't count out one of the thousand being Ray Epps. But what are we going to do about it? Well, ask yourself the question we should always ponder in these situations. What would the Democrats do were the shoe on the other foot? Imagine if the Trump administration rounded up Every person who merely attended a BLM riot, well, for starters, that would literally rope in several million people. Mind you, these events were often riots from the onset, not protests turned violent by some, and they occurred day after day after day. No conservative, on the other hand, dared follow up on January 6th, even with a peaceful protest. But what would Democrats do? On the federal level, they would have held up the budget bill for as long as it took for the DOJ to stop these political persecutions. Republican, thanks to McCarthy's refusal to fight McConnell until it was too late, kicked that leverage until the end of next year. 
Now Biden can trample civil liberties without any check. And no, weak hearings on the FBI won't scare them. Especially when GOP leaders refuse to even mention the persecution of January 6th protesters specifically. And we talked about the 11 bills that Scalise uh, put out. Nothing in there. Nothing about COVID, nothing about January 6th. But more importantly, there is no doubt that blue states would harbor all their defendants accused of a crime, especially if they were peacefully protesting. They would not allow the FBI to come into their states and grab people on nebulous crimes, and they would certainly offer legal defense help. At some point, red state governors and legislatures will have to step up and say no, or at least assist the defendants and place roadblocks in front of federal agents engaging in Soviet-style persecutions. Here's why. While BLM rioters beat thousands of cops, trespassed, looted private property, destroyed public property with impunity, even those January 6th protesters who never even committed a minor offense are being indicted under 18 U.S.C. 231. This is a statute that prescribes up to five years in prison for, quote, whoever commits or attempts to commit any act to obstruct, impede, or interfere with any fireman or law enforcement officer lawfully engaged in the lawful performance of his official duties incident to and during the commission of a civil disorder. That's what they're being charged with. And now just just to jump to today, Ashley Babbitt's mom, was on oh, yeah. Capitol Hill today. You have this story, Paul? No, I, I'm leaving now, but please rip it. Cut three. Um, Corey, if you could pull that up. Roll it. <laughs> you murdered her inside the Capitol. Now you're going to arrest her? Get out of there. Don't speak up. Sidewalk. Move to the 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 Maybe if she was carrying Molotov cocktails and wearing a BLM shirt, she would have been better off. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. With her face fully covered. Yes. And, you know, maybe an earpiece. That was something. her mistake. Summer love. Yeah, yeah, right. A little uh, instruction from uh, Antifa. Exactly. I mean, I'm all for listening to the cops as they, you know, but this is, this is beyond the pale. And you see what they're doing to the January 6th, the January 6th, you see what they're doing to those people in there, denying them medicine and religious, you know, rights. And and it just, this is, we're watching Nazi Germany nonsense here, yet everyone on the right's a Nazi. Yeah, okay. Good night, everyone. Love you guys. Have a good one. Uh, We're back. News and sports coming up on a Friday night as we work our way closer to 10 p.m. and the House reconvenes for a vote. Studio 6P on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Uh, Slick Rick's doing sports. Uh, Delgado's going to take over doing some news. 
before we do sports, I, I did see this, speaking of COVID today, uh, Humble Analysis on Twitter, who's actually a good follow. I've been following more and more of their stuff. In Australia, the more doses of vaccine you've received, the more likely you are to end up in the ICU. Is this how vaccines normally work? And this chart is, uh, uh, let's see, this November, December of 2022. And you can see one dose, two doses, three doses, four doses with the rates of hospitalization. And you can see the chart, it's a straight line up. So uh, is this how vaccines normally work? Good question. So. Um, all right, let's do some sports. And here with that, sports is brought to you by MyPillow, Mike Lindell. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Make sure you follow us on all our social media, whatever social media you're on. We're on everything. So if you're on it, we're on it. And follow us there at LFS6B almost everywhere. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, well, we had the Century Tournament of Champions round two from Kapalua Resort in Kapalua, Hawaii uh, earlier today. Colin Morikawa finished 15 under for two days to lead the pack. Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler tied at second at 13 under. J.J. Sporn 12 under. And Matt Fitzpatrick rounds out the top five, 11 under. So we'll have a full report Monday night on the winners didn't for that someone, tournament. Didn't a big name withdraw from there? Not that I heard of. I don't know. I'm, I'm just giving you the scores. I didn't have anything on that. Okay. I think somebody withdrew. I think a big player withdrew. I can't remember who it was. Okay. Uh, NHL uh, action right now. Panthers up 3-1 to one over the Red Wings. Eight minutes to go in the third. Predators and Capitals tied at two. Also in the third. In the second, the Lightning and Jets tied at two. Uh, in the first, Coyotes and Blackhawks. No score there. And the Flames lead the Islanders 2-0. That game just underway. 13:44 to go in the first period. Little NBA action. The Knicks right now over the Raptors by two, 79-77, 10.6 seconds to go in the third. The Nets also up by two over the Pelicans. That's with five to go in the third. Hornets uh, over the Bucks, 84-60. to That's at the half. And Timberwolves and Clippers just underway in the first. Get over to a quick uh, couple of stories. Big D, here's one. Man accused of burglarizing Brewers Clubhouse after a game. This is an AP report. Milwaukee, a man passed out in the bushes outside the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers Stadium after a game and upon awakening entered the team's clubhouse and stole electronics, a credit card, team memorabilia and other items according to a criminal complaint. The 25-year-old man was charged on December 14th with felony burglary online court records, court records show. Uh, the complaint says the man attended a September 8th doubleheader against the San Francisco Giants at Milwaukee's American Family Field. The Milwaukee Journal Centennial reported. He said he drank at least 10 beers, passed out, woke up and got back inside the stadium by pulling on a door until it opened. He found his way into the club clubhouse and started taking stuff from the locker room, the complaint said. A team strength coach said its items taken from his office included a laptop, iPods, headphones, a passport, and a credit card. A jersey and a shaving kit were taken from manager Greg Council's office and uh, an equipment manager and a game used bat. I see, that's what happens when you name your team the Brewers and the guy has, you serve him 10 beers and he passes out, he robs your clubhouse. What can I tell you? Uh, so anyway, here we go. Like what could possibly go wrong then? Oh, unbelievable. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that lines up. I'm sure it'll be a, a real criminal case to follow. But uh, anyway, Milwaukee Brewers, they had a rough season. It seems like it just continued. And uh, well, that may, he may want to reconsider that NFL offer from Carolina. Michigan under NCAA investigation. Jim Harbaugh expects to stay. This is Adam Rittenberg and Mark Schleback of ESPN. As Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh reiterated his intention Thursday to remain with the Wolverines in 2023, the NCAA is investigating the program for alleged violations during the COVID-19 recruiting dead period 
according to ESPN. The violations include alleged impermissible contact with recruits during the NCAA-mandated dead periods, as well as the use of a defensive analyst for on-field coaching activities, a rules violation. Sources told ESPN that Harbaugh's cooperation with the NCAA enforcement staff during the investigation is also being examined. Harbaugh could face penalties that include a multi-game suspension. On Friday, Michigan uh, Athletic Director Warde Manuel uh, issued a statement saying yesterday, we received draft allegations from the NCAA regarding our football program. We have cooperated. We'll continue to cooperate with this investigation out of respect to the NCAA's <laughs> enforcement process. So I don't know. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, he's got some, some tempting offer in Carolina. He may want to reconsider that because uh, that might be a good place to go. There's a couple other vacancies coming up uh, at the end of the season. Possibly uh, the uh, Cardinals job may be up too, Big D, the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. The old Cliff Clingsbury, right? Um, and uh, well, that's a wrap in sports. Don't forget, stick around. We got the odds makers. Eight games NFL in action last week of the regular season. Tomorrow we got two good games. And then Sunday, a lot of games with big playoff implications. Well, it's flat now, Big D. We'll see what happens, buddy. I'm laying 40 on the line. Eight games, five Gs. Bang. All right. Back to you, brother. There you go. Bring it to me. Hey, uh, Corey, throw up my uh, screen for a second. This is a big headline I think we should uh, (laughs) should take notice of. (laughs) Yeah, I think think that's the biggest surprise at all. I love it. I love it. I love it. There that's you go. pretty funny. Shocker yeah. for the year. That's pretty funny right <laughs> that. there. That's funny Whoa, right there. I don't right care there. who you are. First four working days of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? Hey, real quick off the uh, the chat at Inside the Getter feed. Uh, KS Man makes this, this interesting observation. He's, when you were asking about who may have withdrawn from the, uh, from the golf tournament, it said Ed, Ed Henry. He heard <laughs> withdrew, so just just keep that in mind. Maybe, maybe he's pulling back. Maybe he hurt himself. He's prepping for the rav open. Who knows? He got lost in a sand trap. You know? Yeah, exactly. Could, could have been anything, but who knows? Um, bunch of things going on. Uh, one thing in particular that caught my eye was the uh, the activation of the National Guard to take on the migration cr- uh, crisis, and of course, coming from the best governor. In the world, Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, uh, announced earlier today that he would activate the National Guard to help federal government address the rising tide of illegal immigrants entering the nation uh, through the Florida Keys. The archipelago is situated in the state's southeast. Uh, the islands provide a critical landing point for many migrants traveling to the United States via the Caribbean. DeSantis, in his order, directed the National Guard, state law enforcement, and other agencies to provide resources in support of local governments responding to the alarming influx of migrants landing in the Florida Keys. Of course, Florida has always been a big landing spot for people from Cuba and the Dominican Republic, as well as Haiti. Uh, The negative impacts of Biden's lawless lawless immigration policies continue unabated. The burden of the administration's failure falls on local law enforcement, which is why DeSantis is doing what he's doing. uh, But unfortunately, they lack the resources to deal with the crisis the governor said, that's why I'm activating the National Guard and directing the state resources to help alleviate the strain on local resources. So, again, another positive step, something that was done from the, you know, like I said, the greatest governor in the world, Ron DeSantis, and teaching, uh, hopefully building the roadmap for more governors to follow his lead and say, look, this is how we can get it done and it, and you know we can help we can help our people in our states and also secure our country. Um, this interesting story got my attention early today. I don't know if you've been 
paying attention to the royal family. Uh, but Prince Harry details a physical attack by his brother William in a new book. Can you believe it, Damon? Uh, no. <laughs> Well, let, let me read read to you a little bit. The uh, highly anticipated English autobiography called Spare, which is what the royals call the second son that's born to a uh, into a royal family. They have the they have the heir, and then they have the spare. Uh, so that's what he called the book. Prince Harry recounts what he says was a physical attack, a physical attack by my brother William, now Prince of Wales. And the relationship fell apart right after the marriage to Meghan Markle. Describing the confrontation in his London home, Harry says William called Meghan difficult, rude, my tea. and abrasive, which Harry Pick calls parroting oppressive negative. This guy had no air. <laughs> Why are you? Is, it, is this there's, there's nothing in the news? No, there's plenty in the news. I do you found remember when the Queen passed? Do you remember yeah, when the remember Queen that? passed? Man, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when the Queen passed away, what you were like? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't Man. care about no, the just, Queen. Okay. But the, 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 the two royal, uh, the, the two princes fighting, now that's interesting. Um, insults were exchanged during the fight uh, before William claimed he was trying to help. Harry said, are you serious? Are you really trying to help me? Sorry, is that what you call helping me? Of course, it was a physical altercation where he grabbed his, uh, he grabbed his necktie. Cheerio, and, it's yes, time to go. <laughs> hey, cheerio, chap. Cheerio, chap, it's time for the uh, tea and crumpet tea. Betty Hill. And I thought this was a piping hot story. We'll be right back. It's the Betty Hill Show. (laughs) All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Uh, trying to monitor all things we can. People in the chat were saying to take a look at Steve Bannon's page on Getter. So I have it pulled up over here, Corey, if you want to throw up my screen. Uh, last couple tweets from four minutes ago. Bannon says, buried lead. Massey uh, also, well, first of all, he links to a tweet by someone, Katie Edmondson. Chip Roy just told Hannity that the defectors want an insurance that the church committee would receive the kind of budget and the kind of staffing that the January 6th select committee received. Well, if that's true, that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Uh, Steve then said, Massey also told Tucker that he didn't know if he would be the chair of the church committee, that he would definitely be on it. Wow. He, could you imagine him being the chair? That'd be awesome. That would be fantastic as well. Yeah. Uh, before that, the Gates attack on McCarthy. Uh, that's the video of Matt Gates speaking today. Uh, 18 minutes ago, spending cuts aspirational, no guarantees on key parts of deal, 14 dissenters counting on McCarthy to deliver on commitments. Um, and then 46 minutes ago, debt ceiling, spending budget appropriations, the big fights, 23, the important fights will come down to money, spending taxes, public finance, and the Democrats already talking government shutdown. Well, the Democrats always talk about government shutdown, and because they, yeah. they and, and by the way, they always win the argument because we have no one on our side to articulate what the hell actually happens, which is about 16% of the federal government shuts down, and we always lose the, um, the argument on this because we have no one to actually go out there and argue it, so maybe this time will be a little different. Um, all right, we'll do some more news here in a second. A couple emails I got from the audience I want to get to. Bobby uh says ashley babbitt's mom's arrest good evening thank you for your great reporting and i watch you guys every night thank you very much she says interesting side note to ashley babbitt's mom being arrested her husband aaron 
was on with Tucker tonight and said that Ashley's mom, Mickey, has been in D.C. since August 2022, peacefully protesting, doing the same thing she was doing today, and they decided to arrest her today. Very interesting and sad. God bless and thank you for what you do. Thank you. Uh, it's really a disgrace. Uh, Barry Lemons reminds me that it was Xander, Xander Shoffley, Slick Rick, who withdrew from the uh, golf. Oh, Xander Shoffley? Yep. Okay. Uh, Margaret says, I found your program, the 8 p.m. slot, and I love it. I am 79 years young, and I have been very verbal in my opinion, even though I got in trouble for it. Keep up the good work. <laughs> okay, thank, we need 1,000 more of you. Thank yeah. you very much. And, and you know what? You're not in trouble for it. more. Enjoy it. Doug says, you are a great group of guys. Thanks for keeping us informed with the truth. Save America Tour is needed. Good job, guys. Thank you very much. Um, Smoke says, that's a great name, SCOTUS and Brunson. What happened to the Supreme Court dealing with the Brunson case? Um, I believe, I believe, I believe, do I have something on this? I believe I can fly. Uh, I have an article from the American Thinker today about a mulligan for the Supreme Court talking about the Brunson case, but I actually think... Uh, is it Monday that we hear this, or was it today and I heard that they pushed it to Monday? I think they pushed it. I think they pushed it as well. So that, that's the deal. That's why you're not hearing about it today. I believe it was pushed to Monday. I think it was in conference today, so the earliest we'd hear anything would be Monday. Okay, so maybe that's what it is. Um, RGL in Arizona says, do you really think you can trust the McCarthy swamp rat? Do you really think this politician can be trusted? Um, I don't uh, No, first of all, but I don't know that that's the right question given the concessions that the Freedom Caucus and others have. Because uh, whether you can trust him or not is, is irrelevant to the fact that if you decide he's not tr- you've not, you're not trusting him or he's not living up to it, you get the hook. Yeah, and especially now that it's down to one person. Correct. Um, Lee says, speaker deals on these supposed deals are so great. Are you kidding me? All of, these, all of this stuff is how the House should have been running without any special deals. Right, but it wasn't because of Pelosi. Point is, if you need special deals with McCarthy, then you're obviously admitting McCarthy is not trustworthy. Well, well you know, you need, you need deals because these rules are not in place right now. So you don't want to live by Pelosi's rules. Right. You want to put your own rules package in. The Freedom Caucus has got three of the nine members now. And now they, um, they got to go get it done, which yeah. they're going to try to do tonight, by the way, if he gets the votes, which and, is and, obviously a big if. And now with those new rules coming into place, they only come into place and they only stay as long as you have control of the House. Then, you know, like with Pelosi, where she changed the rules and they changed the number of uh, representatives that could call to vacate the chair and, and all these other things where they can build up these big uh, spending packages and and, you know, just ram it all through. Now all that changes. So that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. What else is going on in the news, Rick? Well, this is a kind of a weird story. I don't know if you heard about this one. The daughter of former U.S. National Intelligence Director was found guilty of murder. By a Maryland jury this week, uh, this coming from Radar Online, Sophia, you remember this last name? Negroponte. She's no. the She's the daughter of John Negroponte, who served under President Bush. I remember the name as the nation's first director of national intelligence in 2005. Before his work with the White House, he had a long career in Washington as a diplomat. The 29-year-old daughter was convicted of second-degree murder 
for the February 2020 death of Yosef Rasmussen. With the conviction, Negroponte faces up to 40 years behind bars, which will be determined at a trial date set in March. The jury made the decision after hearing the prosecution's record of an argument between Rasmussen and the defendant at a Maryland Airbnb. It's, it's just a strange story. According to the Maryland court, uh, the attorney, John McCarthy, Negroponte and Rasmussen had attended the same high school, had been drinking together along with another unnamed individual at a Maryland Airbnb the night of the murder. McCarthy claimed, McCarty claimed that Negroponte and Rasmussen had been involved in two arguments that night and resulted in Rasmussen leaving the Airbnb. Upon his return to retrieve his cell phone that he left behind, McCarthy alleged that Negroponte stabbed him multiple times, one being a death blow that severed his jugular. Um, when police arrived to the gruesome scene and saw an emotional Negroponte, according to the police, they arrived. Negroponte was on top of Rasmussen screaming, I'm sorry, she allegedly screamed. Uh, Negroponte allegedly said during the investigation she only remembers removing the knife from Rasmussen's neck. So, again, uh, uh, just a strange story. I never wow. I didn't hear about the the court case when it happened, um, but the. She's she's going to be sentenced next month, or I guess in a couple months. It's just a strange, strange story about two people who are obviously friends, intoxicated, staying in an Airbnb together, and and it just kind of goes out of control. So I don't know, weird story. Um, and again, somebody you know with with the he was the national uh big head title. of the intelligence. <laughs> Pretty big title. <laughs> Under George Bush. So, yeah, it was a big title, a big guy. Uh, a new rumor now is circulating on the Internet. You're going to love this one, Damon. Uh, right up there with the Royals. Here we go. Um, about disgraced rapper Kanye West. Uh, what? Yes. Damon's guy. According to fans, the rapper has allegedly been missing for weeks, which is too long for some people's comfort. And now people are worried he might actually be secretly dead. Oh, Keeping it a secret Seriously? from everyone. Yes. Hanging with Elvis and um, There's a video that shows photos of a news report claiming that the 45-year-old Wes has been missing for weeks and that people on Twitter are speculating of his whereabouts. This includes several people online who claim the rapper quietly died. But it must be noted that there is nothing has been confirmed and no criminal investigation has been launched. The theory stems from Wes's former business partner, Thomas St. John, who said that he was unable to locate Wes while trying to serve him with a $4.5 million lawsuit. That could be why he goes missing. St. John is suing West and his company Yeezy for unpaid fees. He told the court back in December he was not able to locate West at any of his homes in the L.A. area. And West was last seen publicly on December 18th, although he was allegedly spotted going to church after he was reported missing. So. Kind of interesting story, Kanye West. Well, I mean, we don't want the guy to be dead. I don't no. think so. I mean, good. But 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 it right. is kind of interesting where he had that big blow up with with things that he was saying, and then all of a sudden he did he did he just kind of. Whew, Has anyone like, checked Alex Jones's studio? Like Kaiser Sose, <laughs> <Again>. just <laughs> make sure. Maybe because Alex at one point really more. That's one of the more amazing. Um, moments of 2022 <laughs> when Alex Jones realizes that he's the most sane one in the room. <laughs> that had to be quite the time to... Yeah. Yeah. So... When he, when he, when he said, that is Kanye in there, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Representative Dan Bishop, he was a big holdout, obviously, over the first couple of days. He tweets, with the rules agreement we've negotiated... We will have a powerful church-style committee to go after the weaponization of the federal government, the FBI, DOJ, DHS, and all the rest. 
This is a victory for the constitutional rights of all Americans. I am ready to get to work. That's at 921, so that's about 20 minutes ago. And who's that, Dan Bishop? Dan Bishop. Out of? Uh, Bishop is out of North Carolina. And he was a big no. You know, he was one of the moments this morning on the stream. We had many of them. The biggest one being the leader of the House Freedom Caucus. And then the other one was, of course, the, the strangest one of the day is uh, this moment right here, which is really, you know how they say a picture, picture is a thousand yeah, paints words. paints a thousand words, right. Man, this one paints about, you want to throw this one up there, Cor? This one paints about a million. Look at this Go discussion. Song. And then his name gets called. He walks away. McCarthy <laughs> walks away. He gets hugged by some guy. And Gates is like, There's a longer version of this. And I'll tell you, that the discussion the two of them are having before he goes is about <laughs> as uncomfortable a moment as I think I've ever seen. Man, oh, man. All right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, I got one last one here. People who haven't had COVID yet uh, will likely catch... The newest variant, get get ready for this one. This one is called XBB.1.5. Yeah. Does that scare you? No. Okay. Uh, the newest COVID-19 variant, they say, is so contagious that even people who have avoided it so far are going to get it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and that 80% of Americans who've already been infected are also likely to catch it as well, experts say. Essentially... Everyone in the country is at risk for infection, mm-hmm. which is what they tried to tell us about COVID-19. It's crazy infectious. I think that's a medical term, actually. Uh, crazy infectious. Said uh, Dr. Paula Cannon. She's a virologist out of uh, California. Um, it's crazy infectious, as she, as she says. She lives in crazy town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um And she herself is recovering from her first case of COVID-19, caught when she was vacationing over the holidays in her native Britain. Oh, maybe she was there to see the royals. All things that have protected you in the past couple of days, she said, I don't think are going to protect you against a new crop of variants. Uh, The number of severe infections and deaths remains relatively low, uh, despite the high level of infectiousness, she said, thanks to, you guessed it, vaccinations and probably previous infections. But... They really want to push vaccinations. The lack of universal masking means that even people like her who do mask end up being vulnerable. The latest variant called XB.1.5 grew exponentially over the month of December for about 1% of the cases to 40%. Um, It's amazing because they describe it as, uh, you know, you get a runny nose. (laughs) Maybe maybe you get a sore throat. uh, You get a sinus infection. Maybe you feel a little nausea. Maybe a little tired, some aches and pains, uh, muscle soreness, and congestion. I got that from being here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got yeah. that from reading this stupid. Ivermectin ain't gonna help that, friend, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Uh, Thank good. All right, what is it? Oddsmakers coming, coming up. up. Oh man, here we go. I love this part. Come on, Slick Rick. Sound like the money.
right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you've been a part of the show. Thanks for joining us tonight. 10 p.m. The House will reconvene. If I get back to the old home studio, I may go live myself and see what's going on. Um, but right now, on a Friday night, can only mean one thing, and that is means it's time for a Week 18 Odds Makers featuring Slick Rick. Rick Amorati in the music builds. Thank you, friend. All right, here we go, Slick Rick. Week 18, we are flat, scratch, zero. Back to even. Paul owes me 10. Of course, he bowed out tonight early. He wanted to get away from going down 20. I don't blame him. Slick Rick, where are we going game one? Oh, sound like the money, Big D. Here we go. <laughs> Chiefs at the Raiders, Saturday, 4.30. First game. We got the, the two games on, on Saturday and the rest on the weekend whoa, whoa. Sunday. <laughs> Slick Rick, you're getting a little overexcited here. Okay, Kansas City, Las Vegas. Yes. What's the pick, Slick Rick? All right, Allegiant Stadium. I'm taking the Raiders with the nine. I know they're going to have their – they're getting rid of Carr and they're uh, bringing in their backup, but I'm going with the Raiders Stidham. plus nine. Looked pretty good last week yep nine and a half i'll give you because that's what it is okay nine and a half it is i'll take it las vegas plus nine and a half at home over kansas city is game number one all right what's game number two all right titans at the jaguars 8 15 tomorrow night i'm gonna take the jags minus six and a half they're looking to close it out titans have lost five in a row they're oh five and one against the spread in the last six give me the jaguars and give me lawrence i'm gonna take it home all right ja- <laughs> jacksonville minus six and a half over tennessee is game number two those are your two games on saturday Let's go to Sunday. What's game number three, Slick Rick? Sunday, big day right after brunch and Bloody Marys. 1 p.m. <laughs> kickoff, Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Paycor Stadium, Cincinnati looking to get into the playoffs and get that first round by. Give me the Bengals, minus nine. Well, they've already got that, by the way, because of the Bills situation. Did they, they flip the coin yet? They didn't replay that game. I believe they've already won the AFC North. So, okay. uh, Cincinnati, you're taking Cincinnati minus the nine? Yes, sir. All right, Cincinnati minus nine over Baltimore. Total in that game's only 39 and a half. Pretty low. Cover a nine-point spread. Cincinnati minus nine is game number three. What's game number four? All right. Vikings and going into Chicago against the Bears. Soldier Field. Vikings laying six points. Give me the Minnesota Vikings, the purple people leaders, to take care of business and go in strong to the playoffs. All right. Chicago's benching Justin Fields. Yes, Minnesota sir. minus six on the road. Vikings minus six over Chicago's game number four. What's game number five? Well, it's Houston at Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is going to be saying, Houston, we got a problem, but Houston and I'm going to take them with the two and a half, closing out the season. Oh, Rick on the sharp side of the game. Houston plus two and a half over Indy uh, is game number five. I like that pick right there. Slick Absolutely. Rick. Very good. That's Indy's a Nolan one, special right yeah, there. Yeah, well, Indy's <laughs> one and five against the spread. You know, that's it. All right, what's game number six? 425, my Dallas Cowboys playing on the Washington Lionel Richie Commodore. I mean, Commanders, Big D. Easy like Sunday morning, brick house, baby. But give me the Dallas Cowboys laying the seven. They're looking to get that first round bye. I think Philly's going to beat the Giants, and they're not going to get it, but Dallas knows they got to. They're both playing at the same time. They're going to finish strong. Give me the pokes, and I'm going to lay the seven. Philly's favored by two touchdowns. Giants ain't going to play anybody because they're already locked into their spot. So you're probably right about that. Dallas minus seven. 
Over Washington is game number six. What's game number seven? All right, we're going to shine a light on Lumen Field in Seattle. The L.A. Rams going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, Big D. And guess what? I'm going with the Rams. I'm going with the oh. Road Dogs. Give me the Road Doggies with plus six points. I, I want them to close it out. Now listen, I, I, I got to have it. Sean McVay's looking for a job over at ESPN, but I think he's going to stick with his Rams, and they're going to come out and win that game. I think Seattle might even pull it out, but I'm giving, I like the points. All right. Uh, Rams plus six over Seattle's game number seven, 425 on Sunday. What's game final number eight? Final number eight, Detroit Lions going to the Game of the week. Game of the week alert. Game of the week alert right here. There we go. Lambeau Field could be Aaron Rodgers' last game, Big D, at Lambeau. And uh, we're going to see what happens. I'm going to take the Lions plus five. Man, Dan Campbell's got those boys playing hard. And I, I, you know what? I think it's going to be a three-point game. Green Bay probably, you know, the Mason Crosby will hit a 38-yarder in the cold wind there. But I think, and they'll probably win it, but not by five. Give me the Lions, either with the upset win Four to five. I'm taking the Lions, baby. All right. Detroit plus five over Green Bay. But do you think Green Bay could pull it out and make it to the playoffs? That's what they have to do. They got to be winning your in. So they might. And after the season they've had, that'd be quite the feat here down the stretch. So here we go. Recapping. Uh, Slick Rick, Raiders plus nine, Jags minus six and a half, Cincy minus nine, Vikings minus six, Houston plus two and a half, Dallas minus seven, Rams plus six, Lions plus five, and odds makers for week 18 in the NFL. And that'd be Raiders plus nine and a half. Don't forget that little half there, big deal. Okay, very All good. All right, very good. All right, uh, Slick Rick, five on each, 40 on the line. We'll see uh, come on, come where on. we are. That's enough. You know what? You know what? T- take one game and say, you know what? This is gonna. This is. I am so. This is. Yeah, my why don't you big put like twenty five on your Cowboys? Yeah, like p- like pick one game where you say, you know what? I, I can this go. is Delgado over here. Ask me, you got a Wendy coupon? I want to get a. I want to get a selfie. <laughs> hey, no. Keep it where it is. Oh, big thing. Listen, we got a big game Monday night. We got the, the college football championship, the Horn Frogs, and the Dogs. We're going to put big money on that game, depending on how <laughs> what, broke. Like 5,001. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to put big money on that. Let's see what I. Let's see. Right, 40 is a lot. Come on. Fine, whatever. It's fine. Whatever. All right. Uh, what else is going on in sports? Anything else you want to get to in sports? Yeah, Rick? one quick one there. You know, the story of the week, of course, DeMar Hamlin and what had happened. And they were going around the NFL today, and they had a conversation with a, a, an NFL great wide receiver down in Tampa, catches balls from Tom Brady all the time. Mike Evans had a clip when he was asked, how does he feel about playing this weekend? Because don't forget, no NFL games have been played since that game Monday that got obviously canceled. Uh, so... This is it. They're going to lace them up. All these guys for the first time in the back of the head. Will this be there? So let's have that Mike Evans video and roll that. The Family Foundation contributed $5,000 to DeMar Hamlin. Um, just can you speak on on that injury and just I guess how difficult it was to, to no, it see was, that? Everybody that watched it can, can feel for him and his family. You know, we've been praying for him and his family. Um, I heard he's doing a little bit better. Uh, thank God. Um, I was praying for the, uh, the Bills as a team and the Bengals, all the players involved in that. Uh, that's super tragic, and uh, we're just praying for him. Yeah, I mean, it's you guys know that you you take risks to play out on the field, but that's a risk that not a lot of people could probably fathom, right? Yeah. Like to have cardiac arrest out on the football field. Like, does that kind of give you pause or, or fear? Um, me personally, I mean, it, it was scary to see, but uh, it just makes me want to go even harder. But you never know when it's gonna be your last time. You never know. You gotta give it your all every time. Mike Evans is going to go harder, Big D. He says you never know what's going to be your last time. So he's a soldier. He's warring on, baby.
Yeah, I don't think we truly know what these no. guys are thinking. I know. <clears throat> Let's like, face that's it. That's just one guy. Yeah. Like Paul said, they're not stupid. They, no. they, they know what's going on here. Yeah. So, all right, Slick Rick, very good. Good stuff. We'll see what happens week 18. Odds makers, I'll post all the game. You know, it's become a thing now. People like to follow these games, and they like to know where you stand. They makes it more fun for them to uh, know where you are. Are you in misery? Or <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say? Misery loves company. Or, or <laughs> exactly. So speaking of that, I got to show the shoes tonight too, big yeah, dude. I'll okay, get them Murray. up. I'll get them up as you're right. wrapping up. Uh, well, nothing's going to top the gold ones. I, I looked for nah. a pair of 14s in those. I couldn't find them today. So. <laughs> uh, any other news? <laughs> I don't think there's enough material <laughs> available funny. to make those. Um, <laughs> any other news you want to get to before we wrap it up? Uh, you know I do have one great clip I'd like to get let's to. Get, let's get to the clip. Uh, uh, Corey, play cut two if you can. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh, There's God. support for McCarthy. There's nothing that can break or shake it at this point. Well, listen, I, I don't know if you're aware of, uh, young lady, but I am also a member of the House Freedom Caucus. So I am one of those America First patriots. Oh. And I have sent to, said to my friends, my colleagues in the Freedom Caucus, that I don't believe that this is the battle we should be waging. I think the real battle starts when we start drafting legislation and policy in the 118th Congress under a Speaker McCarthy. Can you jump forward in this clip? And you have to understand, your viewers have to understand, there's 35 to 40 of us in the House Freedom Caucus. Just jump forward. on the Clinton News Network. He okay, says, this that, is my that, first that time that on I the Clinton News Network. He says, this is my first time on the Clinton News Network. Bang! As always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the show. Thanks, Corey. Great job, my brother. Thanks, friend. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Thanks, everybody. We'll see what happens coming up in the house. I may be streaming live from home. Live from Studio 6B. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.